I can't believe you broke out both. You're doing like a double special here, dude. How like how many Funkos you got? Well, I mean, like <sighs> they were in the same box together, so I feel like they need that's, to come. That's that's where we're starting. I don't even get to do the introduction that you guys are already starting. Talking about your dollies. Funko pops. Funkos. Anyway, welcome to Two Coaches Unplugged, and for tonight, being a student of the game. So join Coach Faust, Coach Sayre, and the discussion they're about to have. And checking our sound there is Coach Sarah doing his due diligence. But we're here talking about all the cool stuff. All the cool stuff. Cool stuff that goes along with being a student of the game. And I find it interesting, gentlemen, before we uh, fired up everything here, you two were talking about how this is, you know, not a real deep subject that you could get into, something you could just kind of get out in and out in an hour and a half easy. And not worry too much about, but I, I completely disagree. Mm. I think this is rabbit holes galore. Could be. So we'll see. Could be. All right. Well, let's uh, first off, let's discuss your dollies. <laughs> Funko pops. Rabbit holes galore. And um, Just trying to get two uh, streams up here simultaneously. I don't know what Zach is. Zach's the new tech guy. He's struggling. Yeah. Now I'm just gonna put it up on my phone. Yeah. So. Um, Let's start the discussion off right. So you're saying, I just want to clarify here, you're saying that these are not dollies. These are Funko Pops. That is correct. They are Funko Pops. Hmm. Collectibles. Interesting that, you know, you kind of go that route. Or Pop Vinyl is actually what they're called. Yeah. All right, well, let me, uh, I got to change the, I got to get over to my other screen here, uh, just so I can off. clarify. So you can, everybody can see. Zach's three for three. I on. Know, man. So if you can't see the little yellow underline, I'll read this out. It says, Funko, known for its dolls with oversized heads, says it plans to launch its own NTF offerings in June. So since when is a dot com periodical? You know what's a, funny? An academic resource. You know what's funny? You sent this to me. You sent me the article. I read through it, and that's the one thing I found of interest to me was that they refer to themselves as dolls. I literally have no idea what he's talking about. Dolls. You have no idea what I'm talking about? Fake news. Really? Wrong. All right, all right. Uh, Donald Trump voice. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. So, you know, for everybody else, that, that is Tommy Faust. That's what he said. Yeah. Make your contact name anything you want in the phone. I'm being framed. Send messages to yourself. <laughs> Send messages. Yeah, how pathetic <laughs> is that? This man chasing dolls. Go back and delete the... Here's my doll. Here you go. That's, that's, that's origami. Not, that's also not a doll. It's origami. And it's also not a doll. Well, I mean, you're calling your things dolls. I'm calling this a doll. That's how, that's how it rolls today. <laughs> Well, welcome to uh, Wednesday. So anyway, this is uh, origami that Katie made me for the show. Snail. So you're welcome. Very nice. Yeah. I got my own dolly. It's a snail. Get some. I just brought a gym, uh, an office gym. It was a gift. I don't really like gym on the office. Um, gym is a necessary evil for the show. Without gym, you don't have you don't a lot have of a show. Yeah, a lot of banter from Steve Carell, aka Michael, or um, Dwight. Obviously, Jim is what makes Dwight tick, but Jim himself is rarely funny, and I don't really like him as a character. But I do have his Funko. I see. I like Jim. Anyway, so you got to first off 
I agree. Jessica Matheny says, why wasn't this announced sooner? And Ashley follows that up with absolutely horrible advertising. And, you know, I'm glad you bring that up, Ashley, because our advertising guy is Coach Sayer. And uh, Listen, so he can, he can address that. He can address So originally that. this podcast was going to be, this pod was going to be casted, all right, approximately 9 o'clock. Yeah. Based off of the, the you know, the flex day practice that we were going to have. So <clears throat> when the weather took a turn for the worst and uh, <clears throat> when we assumed that there was still going to be a, a vast uh, amount of rain going on at the time of the flex day, uh, Coach Wood decided to cancel yeah. the flex we day. And th- there is not a drop of rain going on right there now. There is not. Uh, the weather god playing, playing shenanigans on us. So anyways, <laughs> that really uh, messed with the timeline. Mm-hmm. So therefore, there's only like two and a half, three hours worth of possible advertisement for said pod gotcha. to be casted. Correct. So. And we're almost on time even. Pretty close to being oh. on time. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I'm going to brag on myself. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I did actually mail out shirts to Coach Freese and uh, – uh, Shoot, the name just escaped me. Michael Haney. Their shirts went out in the mail last week. How about that? Very nice. Look Three and go. a half months later, or something like that, and they go out. But I will also say, uh, hashtag Faust Facts and hashtag Sarah Suggestions is in the house. That's yep. right. Represent. yeah. Representing the brand. Shout out. Finally got our uh, cups together here on the same night. And so you guys were talking in the beginning there. Your dollies, one of them is a twin Funko pack. Pops. What, what's that all about? Tell me about the rest. Well, it's of like them. a dual. It's like a dual pack. It's uh, the rock for those out there. That and mankind, that's the rock and sock connection. Rock and sock. So I'm rocking and socking tonight here on the podcast. Oh uh, boy. Kind of like me and Fausty were rocking and socking. So yeah. uh, kind of fitting like the tag team. Like, you know, <laughs> they were some tag team champions. I like that. Uh, I feel like Fausty and I would run the tag team division uh, if we were indeed in it. Well, so, we can make that part of uh, Ceremania. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah. have a tag team grudge match. Yeah, we could do that. Braden, I've seen Braden out at uh, Pole Vault, and uh, he's been practicing his WWE moves a little bit on the side using the mats. Nice. So, nice. That's awesome. Shout out to Braden. I know, and I, I heard him mentioning mumbling some names as he drops like a knee or an elbow. <laughs> it could have been a Sarah thrown in there somewhere. Probably Colby. No, I doubt it. Colby maybe, but maybe. it wouldn't have been me. Yeah, he might have been like, Colby Sarah, <laughs> get some. So, uh, yeah, your your crew's not happy. Ashley and Jessica are not happy about this whole. We're sorry. We apologize. Deal and anyway, all right. So we'll moving be on. Better. In the famous word of Chip, boy, we will be better. We will be better. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see some flex days coming. That's exciting stuff. Good stuff. We're in the middle of track season, baseball season, and uh, you know. wrestling's going on right now too. Yeah, and basketball. You got the basketball. quadruple. Didn't they just finish though? Basketball. They get done. Well, uh, regular season play finished. Yeah. So they start okay. in sectional play now. So. All right. So yeah. Okay, well, whew. and uh, oh, Jessica says they just got rocking mankind as well. Everybody likes their dollies. That's good stuff. Okay. Funko Pops. Funko Pops. So anyway, <clears throat> you say that. But um, all right, let's talk about student of the game. Where do you want to start, gentlemen? My question is, okay, let me tell you what. Let me start off with a question. When you talk about student of the game, what types of options are you talking about? If someone were to walk up and say, hey, I want to discuss student of the game, how would you make them clarify what they mean by that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because it could mean several different things yeah. in my mind. And we were talking just a sentence before I actually hit the go button about um, what that meant. What's that mean to you two? 
being um, a student of the game. What's it mean? There's, like I said, there's a couple different ways you can go about this. <clears throat> you know, the main thing is understanding the game schematically um, on a general basis. You know, across the board, understanding how everything works principally. Because okay. there's a base to everything. Okay. Now, obviously, there are more advanced tactics and advanced principles and advanced ideologies when it, in, within whatever sport that you're in. But, you know, being a student of the game, you have to understand everything within the base of that sport initially i feel like that's you got to you got to at a high level you have to understand the game or you should understand the game do you mean as simple as understanding the rules or are you talking more higher level of like the I mean, nuances like the of rules play, some of the flow? tactical uh, reasonings for for certain things like i mean like that's kind of a broad yeah. i mean when you say that i think to like football you ever notice how in football people will armchair quarterback a coach and they're like five seconds left on the clock and they make a decision and they make the wrong mm-hmm. one and everybody's like they should have known you know at some point in the game every point in the game there's going to be a call you should make you know it's almost like when you should have your hurry up offense into play or yeah. you know when you should foul on the basketball court right uh, is that what you mean are you talking about that kind of well, that's coming that's coming from almost a coach perspective i'm talking about from just a playing perspective even like, just a player but players should know that as well right they should but they don't always yeah. you have kids that don't understand the games Whatever particular sport that they're playing. Okay. Yeah, that's true. They just good athletes. They just go out and do their thing. They may be able to just go out and block a lot of shots in basketball. I see kids all the time that, especially in basketball, like yeah. they're good shot blockers, but like they have no clue, you know, the nuance of the offense or you know, defensive rotations or, or whatever. They're just going out there and blocking shots because they're athletic and they you know can get a good hand on it. So. Gotcha. Okay. Fausty. Um. To me, it means two things tactically and then historically so more specifically you go beyond whatever you're being given in training right you go beyond that so whatever your coach is being is asking you to do right you go beyond that if you are a coach then beyond whatever you've been taught you're going out of your way to learn something else something more tactically Additionally, I think to be a student of the game, you need to understand the history of whatever sport you're in. I don't mean like how it started necessarily, but you know, you need to look at whatever level is the highest. So if you're a swimmer, right, you're looking at like Olympians. You know what I mean? You know, you're a track athlete, you're looking at Olympians, famous collegiate athletes, right? Softball, same thing, because you don't have necessarily a mainstream media professional platform for that sport, right? But if you go into your major ones, football, basketball, tennis, soccer, right, you need to be able to understand, I think, you know, what is the popular, right? We call it, well, there's a thing called meta, but, like, what is the most popular type of philosophy right now, tactically, right? So examples would be um, soccer um, in the mid two thousands um, through twenty probably eleven twenty twelve the four four two flat across the midfield was everybody ran four four two everyone ran a four four two everyone ran a four four two everyone ran four in the back four midfielders you know what I mean yeah same thing okay 
and then it evolved, right? 2012, 2013, Spain with the Tiki Taka, they won the 2008 Euro, they won the 2012 World Cup, and then Europe started to cry uncle and say, okay, well, we need to incorporate this type of style into our game, right? Um, that's like some examples with soccer. But that's so recent, you know, I would also want a player to know about, you know, the evolution of like the 4-3-3 and where that came from, like in Holland, you know, that. And then the historical teams and players, you know, who are the all-time greats or, you know, iconic players, iconic teams. What did they play like? How did they play? You know, I think that that's important because when you fall down that rabbit hole, you're going to pick up a lot of the tactical stuff too. And you're going to feel inspired and motivated. I think that's important. Um, and then obviously tactically, you're that's mostly, I think that that can be achieved a lot of different ways. But Well, let's back up. You're talking about doing homework on teams that high school players most likely won't be familiar with, players they won't be familiar with before their time. Yep. How do you talk them into that? I mean, it's hard to talk a high school player into watching their own game film, and I feel like much less watching games that are 10, 15, 20 years old. Right. And and becoming interested in players that are right. 10, 15, 20 years old. You know, let me give you an example. Can I give you an example? You sure can. So I always like to point to professionals in a sport that do everything really well, do something really well, and say, why can't you do this? You know, um, a great example would be like, let's say, let's use Michael Jordan, right? Okay. So 99.9% chance that if you're a high school basketball player, um, you're not easily flying from the free throw line and dunking a basketball, right? That's talent, right? But you can study what the workout regimen was for Michael Jordan. And there's no reason why you can't do it, right? or a Kobe Bryant, or a LeBron James. But I always like to use those examples. And in the same breath, let me back up what we're trying to talk about, why you should be a student of the game. Example, let's use LeBron James. So LeBron James knows about Bill Russell, right? And he knows about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. And he didn't get to watch any of those guys play. I mean, he got maybe he got a little bit of, of Michael Jordan. Right. But he's gone back and he studied all that stuff. And if you talk, if you listen to interviews with the all time greats of any sport, they know all about the all time greats that were way before them. Yeah. Roger Federer knows who Peter Sampras is. You know what I mean? Keep going down the line. Baseball is a great example. Everybody knows, you know, Pete Rose and um, always think of uh, Willie Mays and all that. Like, everybody knows who those guys are. Hank Aaron, right? And now our generation coming up, the kids that didn't watch Barry Bonds, they'll know who Barry Bonds, you know, those players now that are coming up through, like, they know who Barry Bonds is, even if they didn't watch him play. Yeah. Mark McGuire. Is that right? enough, though, just being familiar with their name? When I say that, I don't mean just knowing who they are, what they did. I mean actually knowing the, the storyline, you know, knowing yeah. hmm. what they're famous for, what did they accomplish, you know. I think that's important. You can point to so many sports, and you look at all-time great Tom Brady, you know. Like, seriously, all these all-time great athletes that are professional, they know about the historical players within their sport and the teams and probably the styles of play, too. NFL great – you know, they didn't didn't pass the ball in the 60s. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 
and they know you know the rule changes when they added the three point line in the NBA and when they add the shot clock and you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to know that you know, and I think it's very odd. Has what, soccer changed that much though? I mean, you're naming a lot of sports, but soccer. Oh well, I just didn't want to. Well, I'm just saying, has soccer got has rules been enacted that's changed? Yeah. Have they added laws to the game? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that's changed, well, in soccer, for example, now you can go backwards off of kickoff. You couldn't do that before. As of this year, you can pass to somebody within the 18-yard um, box, which you couldn't do previously, yeah. um, and they can touch it. Um, if it hits the ref, the ref can now call the ball dead yeah. and give a free kick. He couldn't do that before. I know that the advantage rule, I'm sure, was not always there. Offsides in general, playing on on offsides. Yeah, yeah. You can play on whether or not a player is directly involved or indirectly involved with the player. Yeah, that is a big one. You know, um, and offsides. That the offsides rule itself has developed so much. So from a rules perspective, sure. Okay. But from a style of play, I mean, they didn't start playing four in the back until relatively recently. I mean, it's gosh, late eighties, early nineties, yeah, and soccer's been being 90s. played since eighteen seventy-five, eighteen eighty. So organized, yeah. You know. So uh, Chip Wood said he's proud of you. It took you 15 <laughs> minutes before you said Tom Brady, and that has to be a record. That's a fact. <laughs> and uh, Tyson Rissard showing you some awkward love. It's uh, emojis, blowing emoji. heart kisses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Interesting. Tyson, you need to up your emoji game there. <laughs> I think what I'm saying. that's weird, man. To touch on what Tom was saying, they're like, it's important. Like I encourage our kids or you know whatever sport to you know to wake up on Saturdays and watch Premier League yeah. or my wrestlers. Yeah. You know, watch the NCAA wrestling tournament. Like. Because you can see the things that they're doing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you play outside back, <clears throat> tune in on Saturday morning and watch what the outside back does for Chelsea or for Manchester United or whoever. See the things that they do, the decisions that they make, how they play. And then, you know, from your own standpoint, try to figure out why they do it or, you know, learn why they do it uh, from the commentators. And, you know, then apply that to 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 you, to, to your game, to your style of play, to, to your team's. Um, tactics. I think that's really important. Like you should know how things are played and why. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it does. And it's and that's you know that's something for them to tune in and watch. They don't have to go back and read anything or you know because a lot of kids don't like to do that anymore. They're digital age. They like to you know see stuff. So that's an easy way for me for them to to learn um, tidbits of information and just you know things that they can pick up on pretty simply. And you know you watch ten or eleven weeks worth of Premier League games, you're instantly going to be a better yeah. a better player. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so I'm going to drag this onto a sidebar. But, you know, you mentioned coaches even have to become a student of the game as well mm -hmm. and know what they're talking about. In my mind, when I think about that, you notice like at the lower levels or a maybe a less skilled coach will try to coach a ton on game day. Mm -hmm. right. And then you get up to the college ranks and the professional ranks – and the coaches don't coach on game day. They might get up and jaw at the referee a little bit, you know, maybe yell an instruction here or there. But for the most part, the coaching's done. Yeah. And uh, it always amazed me, and I never understood that until I actually started coaching and um, started watching mm -hmm. more college oh, yeah. games. And I was like, man, you know, they're not even 
adapting anything that their players are doing, but I was like, they already took care of it. It's been done. It's playing in the build up. Out, yeah. It's been done in the build up to yeah to the to game. that game or to that you know particular. It's pretty interesting of, of games. Yeah, like. But if you watch an inexperienced coach, they're yelling, mm-hmm. "Move up, move back," you know, whatever. They go. All they the go. Time. It's information overload. Yeah, especially yeah. for younger kids or like even high yeah. school kids. Like if you put too much on them in the middle of a game, like you know, like you can't you can't. They get them second guessing themselves. You can't themselves. totally switch up a formation. Yeah, you know after halftime just because you think it's going to work like will you do it and have some success maybe but there's also a chance that things go south real quick yeah, yeah. trying to do that because it's just so much for the for the kids to process and understanding yeah. now if you spend a week working on that yeah then you can do it but you, you can't you can't go overboard with it especially at that level but yeah you're right though i mean professional coaches their coaching is done in the build-up to that yeah it's so, like and it used to baffle me with like baseball majors they kind of do the same thing mm-hmm. yeah now football is a little more different you're more involved calling yeah. plays and, and so right. yeah you got to make like you know you make more instant yeah. uh reactional changes there and i even noticed but, wrestling coaches like really good wrestling coaches do they let their assistant kind of go crazy at yelling stuff but otherwise they just sit back and watch yeah and then try to make impact decisions yeah, yeah. basketball yeah. and football are probably the most yeah basketball's coach, more because basketball you get so many timeouts yeah and there's gosh, a lot of stoppages yeah, you know you get four quarters and you get all those timeouts but um basketball is ridiculous i went to a basketball game not too long ago <laughs> just the whistles blowing mm-hmm. constantly oh yeah, yeah it, in the, the last 25 seconds took forever yeah it probably took 10 minutes to play oh at least <laughs> i was oh, like this yeah. game this is ridiculous yeah i mean oh. anyway here's the thing great example and you can you know, anybody who's listening, you can kind of fall down this rabbit hole if you want. But, for example, if you've never golfed in your life, but you've watched golf on TV, you can go onto a golf course, right? Somebody can put a ball on a tee, and you have a general understanding of how to swing a, how to swing a golf club, right, off of the tee. And that's because you've seen it so many times. You see the motion. You know how, even though you've never tried. Now, your accuracy is going to be off. Like, everything about it's bad, but the general motions, your brain just learns it, whether you want to or not. So and all these sports are the same way. I'll argue with you there. Can you do a backflip? I cannot do a backflip. So, according to your logic there... No, we, you're we, just attacking a straw man right now. No, no. This is a horrible no, debate it's tactic. Not, horrible it's not. It is. It, this is the example I use when I taught college classes. So, we walk, go outside, and we'll say, Kale, do a backflip. Fausti, you watching. You've seen it. Now, Fausti, do a backflip. Yeah. You're killing me. Well, that factors in. There's some more factors in the backflip, though, than just. Uh, it mean, applies across the board. So learning. And then the article I did, the research this before uh, we talked about, because you fed this to me earlier today, this topic was the same concept. To learn, you actually have to do it. And it said coaches need to learn and understand. And, and I think, and, and I'm just, uh, to be fair, I'm hitting you here with kind of a right. nuanced yeah. part. But for people out there listening, for a coach, if you're going to teach receiving the ball, I would highly suggest you go get a ball and practice it yourself mm-hmm. so that then you can be a better teacher. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. yeah. And if you're going to teach backflips, the same concept, you need to try a backflip. Maybe not, you know, don't go crazy and go and break your neck. Get somebody to spot you yeah. to help flip you through. And that way, when you go to teach it to someone else, at least you know the nu- nuances. Does that make sense? Right. Now, there's going to be some observational learning. You're correct there. Yeah. So, like, but I still think. So, like, obviously, like, golf's like the hardest game in the world. But, you know, as an easy example for a mainstream listener, but like for soccer, especially since of the, the camera angles at which the game is viewed, okay, up top, um, it would be much more beneficial. Like, if you were a basketball, if the it was end to end. Yeah. Right? Because it's so hard to see the pass lanes from the side. Oh, yeah. 
But if you were watching it from the ends of the courts, right, your brain, you're going to learn pass lanes. You're going to learn defensive yeah. rotations. <clears throat> innately, you're not even going to – you're just going to sit there and watch. You're going to have no clue what you're learning. The but camera you, over the field, they call it the spider camera or whatever. Yeah. That's been, I think, one of the most amazing technology advantages for the person at home ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I remember I got to see Messi play in the Copa America in New York. All right. Play Chile. And on Argentina's team, they had a, a guy named Mastrano playing center back. Now, he played the six, the CDM, the first 14 years of his profession, 12 years of his professional career. And as he got slower, well, less quick, he moved to center back. Okay. And I got to watch from the end zone, right? Yeah. So I got to see the end to end and how the defense rotated, right? Holy crap. The like the pull and the strings, like insanity. Insanity. It was so cool because I never had gotten to see and you can watch that depending on what streaming service you watch, you can get the end to end. In soccer really? in soccer specifically, you can get end to end and in hockey. That's awesome. And so if you do that, it's like whoa. Opens like, up a whole new window. But you'll learn so much. And so when you go to look up those grades, you'll start you'll see all these things. And whether you even notice it or not, you're gonna learn. You know, especially if you're actually trying to pay attention and learn something, you definitely will. But just that observational learning will make you so much better at whatever sport. And that's I think a, a big thing that you mentioned both of you've actually touched on it now, just watching better players. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um I think we learned that the hard way, and I see that a lot in rural areas. They don't study the game. They don't watch better players. They're afraid to travel and play better teams because they're like, oh, we're going to get whooped, so therefore we don't want involved. But until you see that level of play, until you see that speed of play, you know, you just don't know. And it's amazing how many people I still run into that are like, oh, man, you know, I don't know why you guys travel so much. I don't know why you do this or that. And, you know, I'm just like, until you see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So talk a little bit about that. You know, and I'll, I'll refer back to you guys took on university this year, number two ranked AAA team. Uh, pretty gutsy move in about the middle of your schedule. Talk about that. Well, how, did, how did that help as being students of the game for your team, for your coaches? Well, it's uh, – I always call them um, – people call them like benchmark games yeah. or yeah. – um, I always like to call it an acid test. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like you pour acid on a piece of gold to see if it's fake or not. Right, right. Right. So I always like those games. Or I like to call them reality checks. So, yeah. you know, you might be on a run. I mean, we a couple years ago, we had a really soft schedule because we didn't think we were going to have much of a team. You know, we thought we were going to have 14 kids. We knew kids were going to get soft t- tissue muscle injuries because that's the game. Yeah. So we're like, then we might be playing games with 10 guys. Right, I mean, that's right. just for real. So like, okay, let's put together this X schedule. And we go out, we get a couple kids to come out, we get a little lucky. I think it was uh that year we got Alberto, right? Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, we're winning like seventeen games. Yeah. Now these kids walking around thinking, chest puffed out. Chest puffed yeah, out, thinking confidence. that they're something. And it's like, listen, dude, you've played two games all year long. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've had you've played two tough, respectable opponents, and then you've had three of those, three or four of those on any given Sunday teams. Right. And then you've played a bunch of what you know kids that play on what we call Pooh Park, 
you know. That, Ex- so ex- Explain it a little bit. Yeah, like the field is just, you know, <laughs> filled with cow poo. You know, you're playing on poo park. They don't even have a pitch. Okay, so you need... Rural West Virginia, yeah. take offense. So when you get, you know, when you get a program established, right? then, you know... Once you have a good baseline, a good foundation, then you can really start to get into the psychological um, manipulation of your team. Yeah, Any great... that was that was one of our goals there with that game too. Sorry to interrupt you, but you know we felt that it was a win-win. Yeah, scheduling them. If you go out and win, well, hell, you just be you know you just be the number two AAA team in the state, <laughs> top of the world. You know, and if you if you lose, well, that game doesn't have any bearing. Yeah, on. Your ranking in Double A doesn't have any bearing, you know, on anything other than just the fact of being able to learn uh, from your mis- learn from your mistakes and you know see a high quality team, how they do things, what they do, you know, what they do situationally here, there, uh, how they're coached, you know, across the board. So we felt that you know playing university was a, was a win win situation for us, uh, whether we won or whether we lost. So yeah, it's great because you know if you lose, you can spin it as. Well, they're, you know, a top-ranked AAA team. If you have a good result, you know, even though you lost but you played well, you can get some buy-in. Mm-hmm. But then if it takes a turn for the worst and you get smashed, you can say, listen, you're going to play teams that are just like university but just, you know, one letter grade lower in talent, right, when we go to Beckley or whatever. So you need to buy into what we're trying to tell you to do because you're going to play a team that's like, University, but just one step down. But they're going to play the same just style, behind, same and they're style, going to have the same athletic, kids, big, fast. types of kids, you know what I mean? But it's just yeah. going to be a little bit less, and you got smashed. So buy into what we're trying to do so we can fix that. And they're like, yeah, obviously we don't know what we're doing. We got smashed. So it's you put yourself in a position to really um, walk away with growth, hopefully. you know. And you look at any big program of any major sport and that has control of their own schedule – and those coaches are doing stuff like that. Like oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. Coach Bonecutter with with the wrestling. I'm sure he's got this particular um, away trip to the long trip or this particular duel. Like this is the one that they like reality check because mm-hmm. I want to have one last good one, one week of rest, and then we go to set. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so that's what you're trying yeah. to do. So that would come down to that that university situation. But, and yeah, it, with the with the university game, like we got great buying after that which we already had it but like you know going out and getting that result totally i think changed the uh kind of the the stride of the boys going forward and i mean with that team we got so much good film stuff uh to review and to apply uh for teams that we would would face later down the line so you know we got as coaches we got a lot of of uh gold nuggets so to speak um to use later on you know for our favor, in our favor. Right, and you can so. be in the student of the game factor comes in when it's like, oh, hey, you're playing against the AAA forward of the year. Yeah. So what's he yeah, doing? Yeah, and the goalie of the year. Yeah, so it's like, what's yeah. he do? What's yeah. he doing? What's working for him? It was funny because I was just hanging out with a buddy the other night, and he was watching. we were watching some film on uh, Ryan Swisher, mm-hmm. who went to GW. Yeah, Switzer. Yep. Switzer, sorry. He went to G-Dub, and he's on, he's on the Browns right now. He got cut by Carolina Panther. He got cut by somebody, and then he got picked up. The Browns signed him as a free agent. He made the 53-man roster, but he played GW. And I remember I was hanging out with a buddy, and he said, you know, we played them at a 7v7 
and was like, whoa. And he goes, I remember looking up his highlights because he was older than he's like, I was a friend. I remember looking up his highlights on YouTube and he did like this particular high step in his junior highlights. And he's like, that's where I got that from. Yeah. He's like, that's where I got that from. Is like, he's like, look what he does here. He's like, that's where I learned that. He goes, that's why I did that. That's a freshman watching another West Virginia high school junior football player highlights, right? He's like, that's where I got my high step. He's like, because I saw him do it and was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, observational learning. And then you go out and you try it. Monkey see, monkey do. Yep. So, I mean, that is another reason, you know, where that whole student of the game stuff comes in specifically. And, like, you know, what we've talked about already, like, with the watching the professional sports, like, that's an easy thing for kids to do. Like, everybody has a TV almost nowadays. Oh, everybody yeah. has a YouTube. Oh, everybody's got a phone. And you a can phone watch you want. That, they can, that they can pull up. You know, whereas, yeah. like, even when Tommy and I were in school, like, you know, we had cell phones, but, like, iPhones weren't really a thing until, like, probably his, like, junior or senior year. Um, as far as, like, everyone having one, you know, everyone didn't have laptops back then. You know, there's been a vast transformation in the Internet. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything's you know, online now. So, like, we didn't even necessarily have, like, a lot of the opportunities that kids have now, like, film-wise. Oh, you know no. what I'm saying? Like, oh, we couldn't gosh. pull up Huddle on our phone and watch. Yeah. But, you know what Huddle's we could amazing. do? Like, we watched... We could watch TV. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we, we had TV. Everybody had TV. So like, I mean, we, you know, we watched a lot of sports on TV to learn, mm-hmm. you know, certain principles and mannerisms and tactics of the game. So, you know, so now kids have it easy. Yeah, I mean, for spe- specifically around here, Fox, there was a Fox Soccer channel that you had to pay extra to get, and they had Syria R rights, like Italian soccer rights. So they'd play the Italian games, and they would play Sky Sports News. They would play some of the random tournaments, and then they would play archive matches of like the English stuff. It's like they would play, you know, this particular regular season match between Chelsea and Manchester United from like 2003, and you'd get get to watch a throwback match. Um, And I remember learning so much then, but then that went away. So like you couldn't even watch English Premier Soccer like live if you wanted to back when I was playing. And Ronaldinho's Nike shoot, Nike cleat commercial, that was the first YouTube video to get a million views. And that happened when I was in like eighth or ninth grade. A million views. A million, which is now, in terms of YouTube, that ain't nothing. A million's like... No, back then, though, that was insane. Back then, though, there weren't videos. Like, if a video had a couple million views on YouTube back in 2009, 2010, it was like the one literally everyone had seen. Yeah. Now, those same videos have tens or hundreds of millions of views so i mean it's just a whole different thing and now because of that everyone's already done all your homework for you that's the crazy part so like you no excuse for not so you want to learn about a random brazilian like kafu or rivaldo or whoever type it in on youtube and there's going to be four or five five to thirty minute long videos somebody's already put it all together yeah put a whole bunch together you can fall down that rabbit hole i mean you can fall down I mean, M- Messi, for example, dude. I've watched so many Messi highlight videos. I've watched Messi's goals. I've watched Messi's tricks. I've watched Messi's fouls. I've watched Messi getting carded. I've watched Messi's assist. I've watched Messi's like chips only. Like you know what I mean? There's just a million, million types of videos like that, and there's so, 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 so much to be learned. And let me give you the example. Is because you'll have a kid. Um, let's use basketball. Because that's probably one of the most selfish sports as an individual player. Because there's only five players on the court. Is, you know, a kid's watching. He goes, man, why didn't he shoot that? 
And as that's happening, he does a really nice dish, nice dish out. Teammate has a uncontested yeah. shot or layup, and he's like, "Oh, see what I mean?" And you're yeah. like, "Oh, that's why he didn't take that contested stupid shot that I would have taken yeah. because he sees something that I didn't even see." And I, that happens to me in soccer all the time, and I just laugh. You know, I like to think I have a pretty good tactical foundation, and I'll be watching Premier League. And something will happen, and a guy will make a pass, and I'll be like, <laughs> wasn't even on my, it didn't even exist in my world. I didn't even see that as an option. Wasn't even an option. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just not even on that wavelength yet. So, I mean, there's something, there's something to be said for that, I think. And it's crazy to kind of back that up. I saw this the other day in one of Kale's games, um, and I've seen it with a couple of players on your all's high school team. A heel pass just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, a player doesn't even look, just drops a heel pass. And um, when I saw it the other day, I was like, all right. You know, it's one of those things that, as you said, Coach Faust, didn't even encounter my mind. Wasn't on my radar. Nothing I even thought of at that time, but the kid did. And as you said earlier, he saw it somewhere and said, now's the time I'm going to drop a heel pass. Mm-hmm. Regardless if the person's there, I'm just going to drop it and yeah. see what happens. And he did, and, you know, nobody was there, but it was nice. And everybody on the team at that point is like, ooh, we need to be in that alley because yeah. next time. You're going to lay it off. Yeah. Because guess what? There ain't a coach in West Virginia in high school soccer teaching any kid yeah. that a back heel is the appropriate pass in yeah. a situation. Yeah. That's not, that's not what we're doing. We're not, that's, we don't have that caliber of player. That ain't it, Chief. That ain't it. You know, when you get to advanced <laughs> college or, or professional level, then you have coaches that are saying, hey, you need to be creative yeah, yeah. in this situation. Yeah. Right, but when you're coaching high school kids in West Virginia, you're not ever to the level as a squad yeah. where you're saying, "Hey, like, start looking. Look for that. Side. You know, the back heel might be on, or this yeah. crazy. I mean, you, doing outside of the right foot or whatever. I mean, you're just. I don't know. You got Kanan. Oh, we've had we have Kanan, individual Kanan will, players. I, I have a oh, we've had plenty year, of individuals yeah, that can, can do that. I think Kanan this year will be the guy in the middle that's gonna lay down some. I mean, guys. we just had we had Braxton just dishing out outside of the foot. Oh gosh, yeah. outside of the foot balls for. Two and a half yeah. solid years, and Carlisle did it for Carlisle, two years. Carlisle dropping dimes. I mean, those two, and then you know, Kanan to follow. Like some of the best pure passers yeah. that I've ever you know played with or seen. So you know, we've been blessed from that uh, from that perspective yeah. to have those guys around. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of ha- crazy. But to be able to back heel pass and all that stuff, somebody has to be ready for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's the crazy part. They have to learn and see and have that vision. Coach Freese chimed in. He said, gentlemen and Holly, thank you, and Chip for all the messages. He's had a rough couple weeks and uh, his pickup that he needed. Uh, got his shirt on 4-7. Shout out. I finally, yep, that's a little vindication for myself there, finally getting my crap together and fulfilling <laughs> my duties. And, Fausti, you said you were going to give a shirt out to somebody today. They just had to know the answer to this riddle. You going to lay the riddle out? It's not a riddle. It's a song. Well, we're calling it a riddle because Gary likes that when Zach does riddles. So, um, there, therefore, it's a riddle. If anybody riddle knows me this. this song riddle me this, that's watching live, how many people we got watching live? 11. Uh, I do not like my... There's 11, 25 on the other side that I saw. I do not like my chances, but I'll go ahead and do it anyways. All right, here's the guitar riff. And it is not hey, Iron Man. Michael Haney just chimed in a little late, but he made it. He got his shirt as well. Heck Shout yeah. Out. Nice. yeah. Shout out. All right, so you got you got some people here. This Go song ahead. is not Iron Man, and this song is not Smoke on the Water. Yes, it is. Okay, but the guitar riff is like, dun, dun, 
Like that's, I need to know what that is. And it's not smoke on the water, you claim. No. If you listen to it, I think it's a different. I think there's differential there, and it's not Iron Man. It might be Inagata Devita Iron Butterfly. If I go deep enough into that 18 minute song, that might be what it is. Anyway, all right. So anybody out there yeah, can anybody, figure that yeah, out. Anybody can and, figure that out. Free and shirt. Satisfy Fausti's curiosity oh, yeah. here of this long lost song. And it's got to be Iron get, Butterfly. We're gonna figure this out before then. <clears throat> Somebody gets a shirt, and this time Fausti's in charge of shipping it out. It is. It is Iron Butterflies in Agata Devita. I just have to go far enough into it. I'll oh, find geez. it later. Now he's answering. Does that mean you get your own shirt? Is that what yeah, this is? Yeah, I think it has to be. <laughs> you just cheated everybody out there. Everybody was probably searching and being like, yes, I know this. Fausty. <laughs> Interesting. All right, well, now you know. Okay. So we know, as you both said, the highest performers seek out information. Yeah. And learn from history. So it's kind of like a reverse role, you know. Those that don't know history are destined to repeat it, except you got to reverse that. Those that don't know history won't learn from it either. Yeah. All right. So break it down to the how at what level of player or coach do you get to what depth? Does that make sense? And I know you're saying do the best you can, look, watch professional games, watch your individual positions. You know how. How deep do you go? Where do you start that? I mean, do you encourage middle schoolers to try to watch professional games? Sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely middle I, uh, schools. Where you... How do you get them to watch it? That's crazy talk. You appeal to their ego. Okay. Yeah. Give some coaches some ideas on how they talk to their middle school team or their high school team if they're a new coach and say, how, how do you, you know, if they came to you and said, how do I get my players interested in watching? They've never heard of the leagues. They've never heard of, you know, whatever, just because maybe they don't come from a soccer family. Mm-hmm. Or uh, something along those lines. Like, I'm sure if we pulled Kale down here and said, hey, name one of the professional leagues, he probably wouldn't know. Yeah, like... He could probably name some teams, like Manchester United or whatever, but he's not going to be... Something that I've done, (laughs) and I've done this even at, uh, like, the U10 level. Okay. I took my U10 team that I coached a couple years ago to a Columbus Crew game. Oh, nice. So they got to be there in, in person, you know, good mm-hmm. uh, environment. If anybody's ever been to a crew game, like it's it's a good oh, yeah, yeah. it's a good environment, uh, you know, as far as MLS goes, like nice stadium, good yep. uh, attendance, like it's a good place to be. Not a bad seat in the house. So we took the team up there, and I'm um, you know I told the guys like, hey, you know, watch. Uh, I had a forward. I said, watch watch Zardes. You know, you're gonna learn a lot from from watching the kind of the things that he does and how he plays. And I told my defenders, you know. Watch these, watch these four guys back here. Watch what they do, the decisions that they make, things they do, things they don't do, and like that really, that really kickstarted uh, their love and appreciation for the game right. on a new level. So then, you know, a couple weeks later, over the course of like two or three days of practices, I had various different conversations with a couple kids. Their parents, were like, yeah, uh, you know, little Johnny, he he is watching on TV now. Nice. Like he's waking up. Yeah, to that's watch, just what I was about to, watch, to say. So now watching the morning. So now trend, that. Yeah. So now that started a trend. So like they're consistently watching. Like, so now the kids will say something to me that I miss. Like, oh, I saw, I saw uh, Zardes do this in the game I watched the other night. Did you see that? And I'm like, no, I didn't see it. So, so then that you know allowed us to get into a conversation about. it. I was like, well, why do you think he did that? And then like you know he can really, like, I I like to hear his opinion 
on why they did that because I like to see how their mind works and you know what they're thinking. I'm like, and if I if it's something that's totally off the wall, I'm like, well, I think it you know probably was more so this than that, but you know you may be right, but but taking them to that game really opened up a whole new slew of windows and opportunity for them. So there has to be a, an impact moment or a moment where the light bulb goes off. So you have to facilitate that as a coach. Some way or the other, yeah. Yeah, you gotta yeah. get that you gotta get that seed planted. Yeah. Uh I'll tell you one thing also that that, that we got to do chip uh when we were in high school, we had a World Cup watch party at his house. Right. He he got that is a fantastic he idea. uh he you know, burgers and dogs and bring your swimming trunks and we had a big watch party. Um at Chip's house. And I was relatively new yeah. to the game at that time, but I'll never forget when Landon Donovan scored that goal against Algeria. We were sitting in the pool house. Tommy was to my right. Bonesaw was to my left. He scores the goal. And like, we just go crazy. Somebody jumped in the pool. I remember grabbing Ryan and shaking him. And, like, you know, I don't remember who jumped in the pool, Trenton or Nick, maybe. Somebody jumped in the but pool. But somebody jumped in the pool. Like, I'll never forget that moment. But yeah, that really, man. that really, like, uh, from a – Viewing perspective, that really kickstarted, sparked your interest, to and watch was more. A, a great moment for me. I'll, I'll forget that. I'll never forget that till the day that I die. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember, like I said, the moment that I decided I wanted to play <laughs> soccer. But then you always hear those. Would well, do you have a moment yourself, Fausti, where you became a student of the game that you can remember? Um, like when I started to take more of like an academic approach to the game. Probably when I started playing FIFA, the video game. Yeah, that's another good way. Um, I started playing FIFA. I rented, like, the 2006 World Cup game, and then it had, like, all these fun facts and stuff on it on, like, loading screens. And then I started playing FIFA 07 and 08. And, like, obviously I wanted to be good at the game. To be good at the game, you have to change formations and put players where they will be good, right? And, like, understand what teams are going to beat other teams and why, right? So strengths and weaknesses. So you start to learn the game really quick. FIFA, I credit FIFA to so much of my ability to learn the game because it put my brain into all these observational learning situations that I never would have gotten offensively before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that was like super awesome. Um, but like, think about how many things we've watched on TV and we've all watched them, you know the feel-good stories or the ESPN's this or this player's that. And it's like, you know, and it's always baseball. It seems to always be the one, right? I remember when my dad took me to my first baseball game. Blah, 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 blah. And I've been hooked ever since, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Watch. There's moments of just You know, and I, I was thinking interest. of that, um, Coach Sarah, when you were talking about how you took the kids to the crew game. Mm -hmm. They'll remember that as their sport oh, yeah. because you know you're going to a crew game, you're going to Columbus, you're going in a big stadium, you're watching pros. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a big that's day. a big experience, especially yeah. for a, you know nine ten year old. Oh like. gosh, yeah. So that really that really that really you know flipped the light bulb on for for a lot of them, so to speak. Now I, I would consider myself. I don't think that was when I became a, a student of the game. You know, from the get go, I made sure to always ask questions, and you know, I've always had a, wanted to have a good understanding of any sport that I watched or or that I played, wanted to know what was going on, why, yada, yada, yada. So that's another thing. Like, like I said, we can go down a couple different ways with this whole conversation, but like I said, you know, being a student of the game, ask questions. Ask your coach why. Yeah. Have a discussion. Maybe you don't Maybe you don't agree, maybe he doesn't agree, but, like, you know, have discussions about that. Um, 
and then on top of that, you know, which we haven't touched yet, surprisingly, is you, you know, nowadays especially, you need to watch film. Yeah, oh yeah. Watch your game film. You gotta watch your game film. Well, and that's um, <clears throat> even at the middle school level. I had my middle school team after a game. We'd always watch film. Mm-hmm. The crazy part was they were always super nervous and worried about how they would look on film because they knew they made mistakes. Yeah. They're like, oh gosh, you're gonna point out my mistakes. Well, that's I think you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Well, I, I mistakes. found myself reinforcing that this isn't about being critical. It's about learning positives to work forward from. And uh, that made him feel better, but it's mm-hmm. always... Yeah, well, you had the ones yeah. that walk in sweating, rubbing their hands, saying, I played terrible, and everybody's going to see it. I was like, yeah. Everybody makes yeah. 100 mistakes in soccer games. No worries. Well, and, you know, when we do film review, we always point out positives and good moments as well. Oh, yeah. You gotta, it's got to be a two-way well, street. Well, high, high school, especially at your all's level, yeah. is a different deal. You know, it I, is. I had, no, I I had middle yeah. school kids. Yeah, middle school's a little different, but, no, but most you're, of them, you're right. You though. Yeah, I mean, film review's got to be a two-way street, just yeah. in case there is anybody out there new. Right. Like, film's got to go. It's got to be positive and negative. But it was so. such a good teaching tool. Such a good – and I never oh, realized yeah. it until one of the college coaches that uh, we went to the cam, and he's like, well, you're watching film, right? And I was like, ah, oh, middle school. And he's like, and you're watching film, right? It's like crap. Now I got to get somebody to video yeah, I mean, the games, and we got to start watching film because it, it makes sense. It you know to succeed, and especially if you want to play at the next level or have aspirations of being you know a professional athlete or, mm-hmm. or even a scholarship athlete in college, like you got to be a student of the game. You know, oh, guys that aren't, there's guys that can play college football or college basketball that you know have just the raw natural ability. Um, to get it done but you know you get to that next level if you're lucky enough to 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 you know get through the murky waters of college yeah if you play in the nfl and don't know how to read a defense oh well. son you're out of luck yeah i mean there was a story a couple years ago all right jamarcus russell was a quarterback for lsu okay big athletic quarterback could run could throw you know had a cannon could throw the ball 80 90 yards on his knees there was a story that come out it was probably four or five years ago. Now, he's long gone from the NFL, but the Raiders, he got drafted by the Raiders, he's number one overall pick. They gave him film to review. Take this home. Watch it. You know, learn from it. Well, turns out there's nothing on the film. It's a blank disc. They bring it back. Here, they say, bring this back and, you know, we'll go over it. He just made up a bunch of stuff off his head. There's nothing to review. But, you know, that's obviously a guy that didn't take film review serious. Yeah. Couldn't read the defense, couldn't, you know, get to, to the the deep schematics of, of the NFL defenses. And the dude was out of the league in four years probably, five years. I mean, he didn't last very long at all. Yeah. So that's baffling for a professional athlete at that level with all the money on the line. Oh, yeah. To throw that out the window just because he's lazy. I'll do a better one. Chad Ochocinco, also known as Chad Johnson, was a wide receiver for the Bengals. Right. And was had a pretty awesome career. I mean, I wouldn't say quite a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, but above-average career. Though. But he had an above-average career. And at the end, after doing three contracts in Cincinnati, he's like, okay, I'm going to go try and get that Super Bowl. He goes up to New England, who has a complex offense, literally couldn't run a route. He caught... What, a tan, a dozen balls, balls yeah. or less in a whole season, and he was he was done. <laughs> a guy who just went from being the man, taking the camera in the end zone, yell. I mean, he he literally couldn't run around. He literally did not get it. He never studied the game. He was all talent, right? 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my own thing. And everyone's going to conform around me because I play for a bad team. And you go and play for a really good team and they have expectations for you to have a tactical understanding of the game. Couldn't do it. <laughs> Literally could not do it. One of the most painstakingly obvious and embarrassing situations you've seen on a pro athlete yeah, recently. Because oh, yeah. he was already a veteran. He was like a 32-year-old. pro bowler. like in, Multiple-time you know, pro bowler. Athleticism was not on his side at that point. So, like, you know. We need you to run routes. need you to run pure, proper routes. And he couldn't yeah. do it. So Literally just, couldn't do it. Couldn't learn the so playbook. He, he was a failure. Yeah, that's crazy. Always blew my mind. Always but, blew my mind. But, you know, mind. to me, there's no reason to not watch film. Yeah. yeah. Especially with Huddle now. Oh yeah, you know, and you know, not every school has huddle or every team has huddle, but like Man, a lot of know. a lot of teams have huddle. But you know, I can remember guys when I was in school, and more so in wrestling, but their their parents would video on a little you know recorder with a cassette tape. Yeah, yeah. They go home and watch their matches. Yeah, we, we yeah. yeah shoot, I wrestled. You know, back so in, back in you know, early back then, 90s, even even man, when that stuff still... wasn't available, like it, yeah. there was ways to get it done. You know, and now, like I said, you can do everything from the palm of your hand. Yep. There's no excuse for athletes to not watch film, for coaches to not watch film, oh, yeah. or for parents to not watch film. I mean, I, I was back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and we had the big VHS mm-hmm. cameras, the big ones, and our map maids videoed every match and we watched. Yeah, you got, you we got went in film. study hall and watched. Whether it's wrestling or whether it's football yeah. or soccer. And it's not that track, Honestly, it's so crazy swimming. easy now. There's no excuse. Yeah, even in your individual sports, yeah. like you look at your look at your look at your gait, look at your stride. Oh yeah, you know, look at anything. Look at look anything. Yeah, you can break down. I use video in practice so much; it's yeah. crazy, especially pole vault. You and got high to, jump. you got it, you got to do and it. Long jump. It's vital for success almost at this point. Mm-hmm. You got to have it, yeah. especially with I mean, if everybody else is doing it, you're not. <laughs> oh yeah, you're already behind. Oh, yeah. So you oh. better have a hell of a lot of athleticism. To make up for, you better just be on a really good team because otherwise you're out of luck. And it's yeah. really cool when like a kid says that he was doing something or he wasn't doing something. Like, you know, you need to play more wide. He's like, I was playing wide. I played wide the whole game. Nobody ever gave me the ball. Like, yeah, you never and stepped you foot outside and of the... And and you you know, sit, yeah, and then you sit down with him like, dude, you never went outside the numbers. We yeah. had that moment last year. Uh, this kid swore up and down. Oh, I was wide. I was wide. I promise you, you weren't. Got to the film. We watched 20 minutes of film. Looked at him. Wide, huh? You know what he did? Head down. He's like... You're right, Coach. I wasn't. Yeah. And guess what? After that, we didn't, have no, we didn't have any problems with yeah, it. He, yeah. he was wide after that. So and, it, and it's perception during a game that you just don't realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kids will deny stuff and deny, 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 deflect, deflect, deflect. But when you're both staring at it on a TV screen and, and you're like – And your teammates, your peers too. And you so, go, so, yeah, right then, here you want to talk about this? And they're like, yeah. You're right, right, right You put them in a corner. Well, there's, there's a lot of studies on uh, – I'll call it game day memory, but a lot of studies whenever crimes happen or whatever, you know, people always, always mess up what they think. Mm-hmm. They oh, yeah. swear yeah. they know 100%. Almost always it's a false positive. Almost always. Yeah. Just because heat of the moment, you know, you're focused on other things and your mind assumes and makes generalizations. 100%. But uh, anyway, Coach Chip is uh, confused. He wants to know what you just did there, Thomas, <laughs> with the uh, whole. I'm so confused what did Tommy just did. Yeah. He's looking for a song, Coach, and yep. Oh. Then he then he thinks he found it himself, so no shirt awarded. Yeah, so as, as I understand this game we're playing. I get my own no shirt. No one comments. I, I can so see why Gary know. doesn't like to riddle me this game, because you two stink at it. Well, my riddles are always good, but. What was your last one? I don't remember. It was, well, <laughs> I do it to be kind of a smart aleck sometimes. That's okay. To, Throw it out there. I don't remember what it was, honestly. All right. So no I, was like, I like to do it to get under people's skin. Though. I got you. So. 
I'm wondering where Tom's going with his here. The Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> More <But> than yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. All right. So, okay, let me go back to my research here. Um, and you covered this a little bit, but watching your play, watching pros play, college play, whatever the case may be, make sure it's more than just watching for entertainment. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of kids that watch just for entertainment. Oh, yeah. And then they're confusing that with being a student of the game. Yeah, no, typically, like, what I'd like to do, like, my teams, I watch for entertainment purposes. Yeah. But then the next game that's on, that's strictly for, you know, tactics. Right. And I try to look at everything, like, I'll I'll single out a player, like, oh, so he's making this decision because of this, or from a coaching perspective, like, you know, what's his reasoning here? And a lot of times, like, I'll watch silently or mute, and then I can always rewind and listen to, um, you know, the commentators, their reasoning or what they believe is going on after the fact. Just I just like to compare and contrast, like, my opinion to their opinion. Or, or and I like listen to the post-game interviews. Like, I'll go back and, like, find online, like, interviews for the coaches and, like, listen to the right. whole thing. Because, right. like, you know, ESPN, you get just, like, a you know a little short Slip clip. It, yeah. Like, I like to sit and, and listen all the way through or listen to players when they're asked about certain things. Like, LeBron James is a really good post-game interview. But, like, I mean, he he can sit there and, and name, like, you know, 15 different things that are going on at the time of a particular moment in the game. Yeah. How So, to shift gears here real quick, because we're coming up on an hour, just to get one more, one or two more points in, how important is it that the players be honest with their themselves as to what skill level they're at? Because, you know, we're talking watch pros, watch college, college players for your high school. You know, how... How important is it they focus on where they're at as they're watching? Oh, they got to have an understanding. I mean, you can't go out and try to do the things that, you know, you can't go out and try to make passes that Jason Williams was making in the early 2000s. The, you know, so you can watch. Well, yeah, you, you'll find a happy blend. You can say, okay, you can say, what do you think that you're close, what do you think you can do that they do? And, like, being able to just pass a ball on the ground to a number nine's feet yeah, simple thing. When you never look to the number nine's feet from center back, you can do that. Yeah. You know, you're not going to do it with as much pace or necessarily just as much accuracy, right? But, oh, you can do that. Those penetrating passes, we yeah. coach that. Yeah. But kids in West Virginia, the coaches aren't coaching them to look for a penetrating yeah. pass from a center back to a number nine's feet. They're or not the doing that. the back heels or the bikes or whatever. Like, but, don't worry about those things. Focus but, on the yeah, things you can do. But you can look at that player who can run at full speed and scissor the ball six times, and it doesn't seem like they slow down. Yeah. And go, man, I can't do that, but well, I'd like to. Is, you know? is that and the so, point where you say, okay, you got to learn by trying, make mistakes in practice, try yeah. these things? Yeah, practice, practice is yeah, practice. That's practice exactly to, what it is. To, to get to that point. So if there is something that you can't do that you see, we'll go out and practice it. But otherwise, I think, you know, when you're watching that stuff, like I said, focus on the simple things that they do and figure out the whys and the hows. And then, yeah, know. and I mean, that's how you get inspired. I mean, I just watched an interview with Ibrahimovic. He was talking about Brazilian Ronaldo. And he's like, you know, for me, he was football because you would go home to watch soccer just because of him. And he goes, you know, he would do a move, a simple move that everybody could do, like a step over, right? But the way that he did it was like, wow. You know, or if he did a move that was really hard, it was even more wow. And he goes, and then we'd go out into the front lawn after the game, and then we'd try and do it. You know, and so you want the kids to watch and become students of the game so that they fall more in love with the sport, become more passionate, and then it motivates and drives them to, I want to do that, you know. 
and you have to see it often from somebody else. So let's go back to the backhill pass. Sure. If you have a player throwing down a backhill pass in practice or a game, do you, what conversation do you have with them after that? Do you say, okay, listen, keep throwing that down there and your teammates will learn to get there? Or do you say, your teammates aren't ready for that, you got to change approaches? I mean, if like let's say that he does it and it just totally like ruins a possession. You know, at that point we're like, hey, do you really think that was necessary there? You know, you didn't have anyone crashing goal or you didn't have anyone making an overlapping run. Like, do you think that was the right decision? And you just kind of have a conversation about it. Now, you know, if it works and if you do it and you score, someone scores a goal off of it, like, you know, it's like, oh, you're the hero. It's it like, heck yeah, no good for I you. Mean, it works. But, but I just, even, I'm even then, though, like, let's it's assume like, they feed it into nowhere. Yeah. Because no one's running that alley. Is there a difference if they do it in practice or a game? I mean, obviously there is, but is there a coaching difference? Coaching standpoint difference? I mean, we always try to preach play simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's your greatest odds of not making catastrophic mistakes that could be costly. I mean, listen. You have to be on a special wavelength with your other center midfielder or your striker if you're the stri- center midfielder with your striker or you're a winger with your fullback or vice versa. you got to be on a very special wavelength to be able to do something without checking. Right. That player easily could have done a shoulder check, guaranteed. Or before, as that play developed, he should have known what was going on around him. And he would have known whether or not that back heel was on. You know? It's very seldom that you can have such a chemistry, such cohesive, like, unilateral buy-in on tactics, right, and trust to where something crazy can happen, like, in the spur of the moment, and you can kick a ball to a place you know a guy's going to be there, right? I mean, you develop that over time. You can have that. But, I mean, at club soccer specifically, that's a lot harder because you don't play together a lot all year round, all that stuff. It's a lot harder to do. You know, what I do is we always coach kids, where did they do it? What were their options? Why? You know, if it's a good option, because it's like the only option, the last resort, then whatever. You know, you have good, clean options, and you can maintain possession. Yeah. You do a no-look back heel pass, and you didn't even know who if he was there or not. Like, you just killed a possession. Especially you know? if it's like, let's say it's like the the six. Trying to, turn, you know, trying to do a back heel to like his left wing. Oh God! And then you get, you know, a counterattack down your throat and you give up a goal. Like at that point, you know, it's it's a chewing. Yeah. Because it was just there was no, you know, play simple, play smart, make a proper decision. You know, now if it happens in the in the in the in the offensive third, you know, with the let's say, you know, the the ten gets fed the ball and he he back heels, you know, to a to a wing that's coming off the side. Like you know, at that point, it's not that big of a deal because a it gave us a chance for the opportunity. You got to be creative yeah, in the offensive sure. third, you know. So at that point, it's not as big as a deal, but you know, there could be other options, and you know, maybe you talk to the player about that later on. But you know, that's where you just have a simple conversation, like you know, hey, you know, next time maybe look for this instead. You know, we may get a better opportunity. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that doesn't necessarily have to be fully negative, but I don't know. There, I mean, there's different ways to go about it. I mean, but like I said, I'm assuming it's going to be situational. Yeah, situational, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all that tricks and stuff, I mean, I always preach. I mean, Jason Williams didn't get to throw down those passes by not practicing them. Right. That's true. But, I mean, to be fair, not many people are capable of doing that, what he does. I don't know if you – I mean, I assume you're pretty familiar with Jason Williams. Uh, yeah. 
White chocolate. I was going to say, that's probably, he's from West Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, DuPont. That's why I know. But I know the name, but I know he's really good at passing. But I mean, like, you know, (laughs) all those players that do all those crazy tricks, they can already play simply. Soccer is such a difficult game to play simply, um, but it is a simple game. And so the tricks and stuff should be adding weapons, adding tools to your tool belt, right? But you don't go out and buy the star pattern screwdriver if you don't own a Phillips head or a flathead. You know what I'm saying? So let's not do that. A lot of these times, these kids are looking for the same thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. They're yeah. looking for a cheat code or a shortcut. Yeah, the and magic there isn't, bullet. There isn't that to pill. being really yeah. good. When you can do everything, when you can do a two-touch, when you can play two-touch really well, okay, now you can try and play one-touch. You know, kids like Braxton earn the right to try those crazy things because they've proven time and time again in big situations consistently that they can play the game fundamentally well. And when you've mastered the fundamentals or have a very great fundamental foundation, then in live games you can try that stuff. Yeah. But in practice, sure, be super creative in the final yeah. third for sure. That's kind of But, like you know, we've had kids do stepovers and back heels in the defensive third in games. Yeah. Trenton Bales, where he, where's he at? How many times did he step over? He did he do a fake step over 25 yards out from goal, get the ball stolen, and well, we're, we're riding. I really try to apply that logic to to wrestling. Because we'll have kids, you know, with my middle school kids, like inexperienced wrestlers going out trying to, to, to do some of these crazy tilts and stuff, like where, you know, they got to roll across their backs or where they got to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, like, I appreciate that you're trying these. Like, you know, at this point, though, let's just keep it simple. Good breakdown, bar and a half. You do that, you're going to win 75% of your matches. Like, just being honest with you. So, like, you know, if you can't do the basic stuff right, you're not going to be able to do that crazy tilt. Yeah, learn the fundamentals. And it shows, so let's learn the fundamentals first, and then let's build upon that. Yeah, tiered learning yeah. or scaffolding. So, like I said, I try to use that 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 logic with my middle school kids. But the kids that can do all the basics really well, they transition fine into the, into the more advanced techniques. But the kids that go out and try to do the techniques and fail, they typically don't have a good base. And usually you see them as sloppy wrestlers. Sloppy, yeah. 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 Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, but generally nice. speaking though, like their base move set is you know, not as strong as what it could be. So mm-hmm. Okay. Well, gentlemen, we are at an hour and five minutes and uh, Gary says she loves the riddle me this game. She'd like to see more of that. I saw that too in the chat. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to start writing them down when I do. She's a fan. <laughs> I'll start writing. You're, them you're down. welcome, Gary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Jessica Matheny just now getting involved. I see. Oh no, they've been watching. Justine always watching. Student of the game. So, as you cover, you covered a lot of stuff there. If uh, if you're talking to a a new coach, middle or mm-hmm. high school, let's assume that they're new, they're coming in. What is the most important aspect you would reinforce for them to reinforce to their players? And I know you've covered a lot of stuff. Watch yeah. as much soccer on TV. Watch your own game film. You know, try to encourage the kids to understand the aspects. Get the views from, like you said, Tommy, from the end zone, so yeah. to speak. You know, full field. What's the most important for, aspect to for, reinforce that they should start with? For pure simplicity, I would say make sure that they ask questions. 
and have a tactical understanding of what you're trying to do and then watch game film. I think that's a, the simplest thing. Watch their, own, their own game watch, film? Yeah, watch the game yeah. film that you have. I think that's the simplest thing that you can do now. You can always uh, build on, you know, to watch. Yeah. The, watch the Prim game this weekend or watch the Serie A game or, you know, whatever. But, like, I think principally that's the two simplest things that yeah. can be done. So get a camera, have somebody, have a parent, have somebody video yeah. your own game yeah. so that you can then study them. Yeah, and, then, study them. and like I said, make sure they ask questions. Yeah. Or have conversations with them about, right, right. you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just calling, like, when you're outside back, like, hey, you know, you know why we're doing this particular movement right here? Why yeah. this rotation happens? And if they don't understand, then you know, tell them why. Like you gotta yeah. have, you gotta have good lines you gotta of have communication. That discourse, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you gotta, you gotta, that's gotta, it's gotta happen. Yeah. So. And the thing I would add to that is not to be negative. Yeah, it's my gosh, be positive. kids, yeah. especially, and I learned this in my middle school kids. They'd get so uptight about it. They were terrified of watching themselves. Yeah, because they knew they knew mm-hmm. the mistakes they made. Yeah, they didn't need to watch them again, but it's good to, like you said, to point out, hey, this is what we're trying to do here. And the same thing with the, you know, with the, like I said, the discussions. Like, if a kid has a question, answer their question. Oh yeah. It may be well beneath your coaching, as far as like what you know tactically, but like, if your outside back doesn't understand why you rotate, you know, to the middle in this situation, he needs to know that. Yeah. Because yeah. if he doesn't, guess what? It's gonna come back to bite you as a coach at some point. Uh over the course of a season or maybe multiple times or whatever. So, like, you got to – the kids got to have a basic understanding, and that is, you know, partly, partially responsible for the coach yeah. to make sure that they understand what they're doing. So, And Chip Wood brought a good term to it, self-evaluation. Most important mm-hmm. thing athletes need to do to get better, every academy in Europe makes, requires their athletes self-evaluate in terms of being a real student of their game. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I agree with that. Fausti, what do you think? you have the same answer, different answer? Where are you at on this? Um, I'll – the easiest is I'm always trying to say, you know, um, I know what's going on in like in English soccer specifically. So say, hey, I want you to watch this game this weekend and then pay attention particularly to X and X. Yeah. Because that's who you should try to model your game off of. It's easier, not in middle school, but high school, you can start to match physical characteristics or tactical characteristics or tendencies of your high school players on like, you know, with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. to professional players, you know, a a great example in basketball would be like, you know, a big man that um, has a really good post game, but then he's not so great at pick a thing passing. Mm -hmm. Right. Or just pick anything. Soccer player, you know, the guy's not that great at defending, but he is good at this. Right. And so if you have players like that, it's like this kid's, this player is like you, and you'll see that. Yeah. You know. It's funny you say that. The girls' travel coach, and we, they have an awesome travel coach, uh, hashtag Sky Raymond from Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, in the offseason, assigns them to watch games. Doesn't matter which game. Just watch a game, pick out your position, and write down two negative things that they did, two wrong things, and then write down two positive things they did throughout the game. And uh, they have to write it down. They have to take a picture of it. They have to submit it. And then she essentially, I'm air quoting here, grades them. Mm-hmm. You know, reads through it and makes sure that they're understanding the game and, you know, what their position does and what happened in that situation. Um, you know, just, just that aspect. And that kind of covers what both of you are saying. You know, you have to watch. You have to learn. You yeah. have to develop an understanding. And that's, you know, that's at age 13 she's been doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. So there's no time to. You know, don't waste any time. Get started on it. Yeah. Even if it's as simple as that. Watch a game, 
pick out two good things, pick out two bad things. So pretty neat stuff. All right. Any more comments? Anybody want to throw anything out there? Any questions anybody out in the, the interweb have? Want to throw out here on Coach Faustine, and Coach Sayre. Of course, if you listen to the podcast, you don't get that option unless you join us live on our Facebook page, Two Coaches Unplugged. Yeah. Be there, be square. That's right. Fact. So come check it out on the Facebook world if you're uh, you know, into social media and all that jazz. All right. Anything you want to finish with? I mean, that's pretty good help to a beginning coach. Anything, would it change if you're talking to a player, or is that pretty much the same thing? Same thing. Same thing. Players get on it. Like I said, I think coaches, you know, it's, a, it's like I said, it's a two-way street. Like, coaches should be watching film as well. Like, yeah. any film you have, like, watch it. I mean, we watched, like, just for reference, the Scott game. Yeah. We watched, and, and Catholic as well. Like, we watched probably, we spent together probably about eight hours watching each in the, you know, in the evenings leading up to the game and chip probably watched another five or six hours on top of that by himself on top of what we watched together so you know if you got it watch it yeah there's no excuses not to and that's only gonna benefit you and that's the crazy part everybody's got a phone everybody's got youtube everybody's got videos get somebody you know you got a family member that can video your games you know you can if you if you don't have huddle guess what film your game on an ipad for your team oh you know there's like a a way use a phone whatever like you know do something do something yeah do good whatever call. you can. So. Right. Well, good topic tonight, you know, being a student of the game and what that means. And you guys covered a pretty broad topic there, fairly specifically. I'm proud of both of you. Told you. Yeah. You were you you both were right. I kind of thought this might lead down. Yeah, I what said. Was that? What was that? You was both that? were right. <laughs> I thought this might lead down some rabbit holes that would be hard to come back out of. But uh, you kept it pretty, you know, as you said, you played it simple. Kept it on mm-hmm. the money. Keep it simple, stupid. There you yeah. go. Hit your high marks. <laughs> Keep on trucking. So I did some research there, and I was, I was thinking about how or where it might go. But uh, no, you guys kept on, kept on, kept on track really well. It's been one of our better, better uh, as attempts far as, at keeping yeah. everything on on like, topic. Yeah, on topic. Yeah, not venturing off into too much uh, nonsense. So to speak. Yeah, I think what's the highlight for either of you here in, in this particular show? Is there a highlight? Anything that stood out for you? Did you amaze yourself with anything that hit you while we were talking? Mm-mm. Not really. This is one of those stuff topics. we're pretty passionate about and yeah. things that we and I feel think are important shows. to, yeah. to you know, an athlete's success or a coach's success, yeah. and in general, the team's success. Like, you got to watch film. You got to have film. Yeah. Got to. You got to be a student in the game. Like, if you can't watch your game film, then you know, like I said, pull up YouTube, watch, watch whatever. Yeah, yeah kids hate committing time to stuff that they yeah. don't want to do. Watch ESPN. Kids don't like to go outside these days. Well, you're inside. You know. Four or five hours of the evening, watch watch ESPN yeah. when you're not outside. So, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, all I right. guess my highlight would just be like that point I made about none of the all-time greats in any of these professional sports don't know so much about all the past greats. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's a common denominator of anything that there's, you can do something that LeBron James does. Well, and the reason I asked that question, that was kind of I wanted to give my highlight. And it was Coach Sarah, you're talking about taking a U10 team to a professional mm-hmm. game. In my mind, it doesn't have to even be that. Yeah, it doesn't Take your local rec team to a middle school game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take your middle school team to a high school game. What's Take like, your high school team to a college game. Oh, yeah. I had my U- – speaking of my U10 team, I had them come be ball boys. Oh, yeah, For, yeah. for our game. And watch. And, yeah. you know, we uh, – one weekend I recognized them. I said, "Hey, you guys, come to the game, you know, we because we had just won the the league championship." Yeah. Um, and I was like, 
you know, you guys come to the game, be ball boys, uh, we'll recognize you at halftime as well. So they got to, like I said, be on the sidelines, mm-hmm. and they got to be recognized by everybody, get names called out in front of all the fans. And it was a bigger, it was a bigger game as well. So like they got, you know, oh, yeah, got to go out in front of everybody. So that, that made a big deal for them. They they were really um, thrilled, I think, yeah. to be there. But something this is kind of off the topic, but it made me realize this is one instance where I would encourage video games. Yeah, because you can learn from playing FIFA, from playing Madden or 2K or whatever. Like you know, you can really learn a lot about the game from said video game. So yeah. it's one instance where I encourage uh, video game play. <laughs> one and only. Yeah. Don't if you're a kid out there, don't read anything else into that. Yeah. Got to go play not, Grand Theft yeah. Auto some more. Yeah, don't play. Said yeah, so. Don't sit around and play like ten hours of Call of Duty. Like yeah. play like an hour or so of FIFA or an hour or so. Of you know, two K or whatever. Yeah. You, you learn a lot. You'd be surprised at how much you apply. Come challenge Faust to your and game on the FIFA Master. Well, that would be a waste of time. That'd Just saying, time. Just they're not beating them. Yeah, that would be a waste of time. Yeah. Are you undefeated? It's he's it's, not undefeated. But when's FIFA the last time you like, took a whooping? When's the last time you got beat? Ian's beat me. Yeah, really. I mean, I beat him before. People have beat him here and there, but like, I mean, consistently, nobody like you don't have hey, a nemesis out there. A blind squirrel. Yeah. Finds a nut yeah. every now and again. And the FIFAs have gotten consistently more. They're a lot more scripted, and it's just more of an arcade game than it is a simulation, so it's kind of lame. Okay. But but my serious suggestion is don't challenge Tom. Consistently? Oh, man. I remember when Brooks Gilly thought he was going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, he was screaming. Sean thought he was going to whoop Sean, you. Sean, poor Sean. Jaden thought he was going to whoop you. Poor Jaden. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? Wrong. It's all wrong. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it's not good. Speaking of Sean, Sean said he was going to come to after hours Did or it. overtime at some point. We got to get him out. I know. We've had Tyson on Brady. He's been Kale sick. Times. Yeah, he's been sick there one weekend, another weekend. Now, well, he now he's got track. track. Yeah, he's just in track. But, but yeah, shoot, he'll be all right. But yeah, we need to get uh, get a couple of the players out here again. We'll have to get some some guys on here again for yeah. for the OT. And we we yeah, and we had some guy like Nick and Jaden both did a really good job broadcasting mm-hmm. and uh, per- Parsi and uh, that'll be our homework. Is that, to, that would be a good group to that'll be start our bringing homework. some of those cats in here to get some people on here. It's hard though because overtime sometimes is really late. Oh, it is. But and school nights, yeah, and school nights. Else, but yeah, you know, once summer hits, the yeah. I think it'll work out a little bit better yeah. for getting some of those guys on. So. I just I can't wait till Ceremania. That's gonna be yeah. insane. Same. Tune in for overtime, folks. All right. Well, that's our show for this evening. And uh, you know, again, do, 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 do. I'll show my dolly across the screen there. Bam! Origami, origami dolly. And uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining us for Two Coaches Unplugged. This week's discussion being a student of the game. And uh, we had all kinds of references. We hit Coach Chip's highlight there, the reference to the Patriots and Tom Brady, courtesy of Coach Faust. Don't be a Jamarcus Russell. That's my serious suggestion for the, yeah. the day. Uh, you have to explain that one. Don't, don't be an Ocho Cinco. Be a, be a the Julian that, Edelman shout-out. Oh, the Raiders yeah, gave yeah, the empty yeah, film, okay. and he came back and Start told them what up. was on it, and there was nothing on it. It was a blank disc. Man, so. that's got to be embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I would have I liked to hear how that conversation went. I would, if I was a coach, I'd have put it in and said, "All right, show me what you're talking about." Because I, I didn't quite get it. Just yeah, to be that. Don't person. be a Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so good show tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us for our podcast. Check out more of our podcasts are on Anchor FM and wherever you find your other podcasts. Jump in there, give us a rating, give us five star, hopefully, and then uh, check out our other podcasts. And we will be back. Yeah, five star rating. 
uh, we'll be back with more. And uh, next week's guess on the topic is as good as mine because I don't know either. So if you're not familiar with the two coaches unplugged, it is unplugged. It is raw. There is no preemptive anything. The gentleman here recommend four or five topics. I pick one. We go. And sometimes we don't know the topic until like an hour before. Yeah, yeah. So. Very unscripted. Yeah, very rarely do we have like. I mean, it's kind of much, great. much. You know, heads the, up. So. The only sure thing on this show is you guys are going to show up with your dollies. Funko, Funko pops. pops. So, all right. Anyway, this has been two coaches unplugged again. Coach Faust, Coach Sayer, throwing out their opinions and their facts. Hashtag Faust fact on being a student of the game. So, we'll be back next week. Make sure you check us out.